welcome back to It Was Murder Chain Reaction. <laughs> Sound effects later. I am your diehard romantic, <laughs> Eric Blood. I'm the only one that doesn't make chain sounds. <laughs> um, and I'm your devoted lover, Ellen Ito. And I'm the virgin voyager, Joe Carver. <laughs> next, next gen. Next gen. <laughs> And tonight, our our link our link of discussion tonight is Angela Lansbury and <laughs> her performance among many many others in 1978's Death on the Nile, based on Agatha Christie's novel from 1937. Seven, yeah, wow. Thirty-seven. Yeah. Thirty-seven. Um, Joe, had you seen this before? <laughs> <laughs> no, I had not. Had you both seen it before? Yes. Oh, yes. I've seen it a lot. Only once. Oh, okay. I saw it on a, a vacation. It was a cabin vacation. It was one of the DVDs that was at the place we rented. That's fun. Oh, vacation movie. Yeah. You could do worse. Yeah. Ellen, you've seen it before too. I have, but I haven't seen it for a long time. But mm. I have seen it more than once. Well, now I've seen it more than once. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you only so. seen it once before. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ellen, <laughs> I'm very curious. Can you like in one minute tell me what this oh, movie is about? Oh, probably not. You no, have one I think minute you're max. You're probably better off like asking Joe for that, probably. In our minute maximum. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I think I can do it. It, and you know, like it kind of pains me because I, I know obviously, like I know what happens. Like I've read the book a couple times and seen the film, but I feel like I'm probably about to just fuck this up. <laughs> Ro- royally as we used to say i don't think there's any other option for minute maxing death on the nile than to then to fuck it up than royally fuck it up royally i any like agatha christie my crown <laughs> royal okay royal fuck up i'm gonna fuck it up royale <laughs> chain reaction With style geez. chain reaction okay style. <laughs> all right let's do this death on the nile 1978 here we go Okay, so Mia Farrow's in this with Lois Childs and the British guy whose name I don't remember, but he has like little claws and he is cast always like we're supposed to think he's super handsome or something. So um, Lynette is rich. She steals Mia Farrow's boyfriend. Hercule Poirot is uh, in Egypt, just like traveling and carrying on. And so is his friend Colonel Race. And so they end up, all of them, oh, Mia Farrow is stalking, like, those two people get married. Her best friend hooks her over, marries her fiancé, and then they all get on a boat that is like a cruise of the worst people in the world. (laughs) And so um, Mia Farrow's character is stalking them, and it's totally bananas, and Angela Lansbury's on there as, like, a smutty novelist, and Olivia Hesse is her daughter, and then... um, the guy we're supposed to think is handsome gets shot by Mia Farrow, and then they figure out that Lynette is dead, and then Angela Lansbury gets fucking shot in the head, and guess what? It's Mia Farrow <laughs> and that handsome guy, okay? <laughs> They're in it the nice. whole time. Yay. Nice. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Um, you, did a, you did a really good job, Ellen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. I mean, I brought it home. I brought home, you know, the punchline, but I don't, I think everything between the beginning, like, I think they're in Egypt. I established that. Too much. Okay. Here we go. Death on the Nile, 1978. 
uh, a bunch of wealthy, wealthy, awful people are on a, a riverboat <laughs> cruise of the Nile. So they get to go to all these amazing places in Egypt with no one else. Um, so I'm very jealous of them. I really am jealous of the British obsession with Egypt and Egyptology and their uh, ability to spend countless hours alone amongst these beautiful massive ruins anyway they all hate lois childs and one of them shoots her and then they uh <laughs> they cut jane birkin's throat and then they uh oh they shoot angela lansbury in the head in a really genuinely shocking moment for me uh, uh but it's okay because uh hercule poirot is on the case <laughs> and he is just like getting getting up in everybody's business being sassy and uh belgian and talking all kinds of shit. He hates Mia Farrow. Um, and it, it, it's it's rightfully so because she murdered Jane Birkin and her boo murdered uh, who? We will ne- we'll never know. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> the end. All right. Here we go. Minimax. All right. Bring it home, Joe. Chain reaction. Okay. <laughs> Death on the Nile. <laughs> <laughs> so much to talk about okay Mia Farrow brings home her new boyfriend to her rich sister who immediately steals him away from her and then she stalks them all the way across Egypt they get on a boat on the Nile and there's a bunch of people who all want her sister to be dead Childs is that her name Lois Childs, <laughs> Lois Childs. they all have a motive to kill her uh, she uh, Mia Farrow shoots her fiance that betrayed her in the leg and he is incapacitated and then at the same time that his the sister Childs is shot in the head and murdered. Uh they're trying to figure out what happened. They don't know what happened. There's all these crazy characters. Pearls get stolen. Uh, the maid gets her throat slit. And then Angela Lansbury thinks she knows who does it. But right before she can say, she gets shot in the head. Turns out Poirot knew all along that it was Mia Farrow telling her ex-fiance, now new boyfriend, what to do. He she fake shot him in the leg so that he could go murder childs and then run back in and then they could get away with her money because they were married so that was mia farrow's plan all along and then she shoots him and herself <laughs> oh wow, my god that was Joe, really that was that's i'm i'm pretty proud of all of us yeah we did it yeah <laughs> Do you understand, it's not her listeners? sister though it's not that's so no. they're oh, just wait. friends that would be so fucked up if they were sisters i thought, oh, I they, thought were. they were sisters huh uh-huh. they're that's, just friends yeah okay okay wild I oh that I guess that makes sense. <laughs> that makes a lot more sense <laughs> because she Jack Jackie would also be rich if that that's, was her sister. That's why exactly. I was confused. Yeah, that's yeah. that was the one yeah. point of contention I had as well. <laughs> yeah. So did they develop this plan to get Childs's money, Lois Childs? Yes, Lois. Yeah. Well, Lynette Ridgeway is the character. Lynette Ridgeway's money before. <laughs> For Egypt, or did he actually yes. fall yeah. in love with her? Okay. Yes. So they talk about the plot because he says, "Oh, if this was a, if this was a film, or if this was a novel, um, she would die after a year, and I would be rich." Mm-hmm. And then Mia Farrow says that Simon Doyle um, starts conspiring to come up with ways to bump off. Lynette, so the two of them can be together and that he will be rich. Basically, he and she accuses Lynette somewhat performatively because it was all kind of felt like a setup that he was dazzled by her money. Uh, but yeah. but so he didn't love her. He married her for the money, but then he realized that he could have his cake and eat it too if they killed Lynette. Okay, right. 
Mia Farrow is so incredible as a stalking weirdo where they the first, one of the first scenes in Egypt they're riding horses it's such a beautiful <laughs> shot of uh Ridgeway and the new fiance the, the newly just incredible married couple riding down a sand dune in on horseback in front of the pyramids and then they climb one of the pyramids because apparently you could do that in 1978 and they get to the top and then Mia Farrow shows up <laughs> and just starts listing facts about the pyramid to them um, in amazing. such an aggressive, mm-hmm. angry mm-hmm. way. She and just like the wind in her hair and that intense look at them is so fucking good. Yeah. Oh my god. Mia Farrow is unbelievable in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's the perfect mm-hmm. she's perfectly cast. <laughs> um, because that that accent of hers that makes me crazy. <laughs> um <laughs> And just like her whole wild eyed, you know, my my eyebrows are the same color as my skin vibe. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mia gosh. She's just so crazy. So of course, like when we were watching it, I immediately just wanted to start recasting this with a modern thing and not the not the modern version that Kenneth Branagh did, because that was pretty hmm. abysmal. That's um, just dull. It was dull. Kristen Wiig would be the best, <laughs> the best yeah. Mia Farrow replacement. Her, her like <laughs> just angry unhinged. eyes, yes, twitching, twitching eyes. <laughs> Lots of ticks, just yeah. all ticks and facts. Yeah. Wow. Well, so it's hard to like where where to begin, right? I mean, should we should we do the cast of characters first? Well, I feel like there's a way in. Like, so you both pointed out that. Everyone on this cruise of the worst people in the world, (laughs) the one thing that connects all of them is that rather coincidentally, Mm -hmm. they all have reasons to wish Lynette Ridgway, heiress Lynette Ridgway, dead. Right. And so we can run to introduce the characters by running down the reasons that they are end up being suspects, but also the reasons why Lynette. Lynette is like, I mean... With that many people, it's a whole boat boat full of people that hate <laughs> a you. A literal boat. You're probably yeah. Yeah, probably a piece of shit, but whatever. Yeah. She seemed um, so cool. I know. Like she, she really didn't seem that bad to me. <laughs> other other than stealing her friend's boyfriend, fiance. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's super I mean, shitty. I'm gonna start with the character that I think has the least amount of motivation uh, to kill Lynette. Mm. Like it is, and in the book, it is also just rather. It's, you know, it's hard to explain. Hmm. This character is not like Joe, you I, you and I were briefly discussing before we started the pod. Like there's always differences between the books and the film adaptations and TV adaptations. And it's largely because there's so many characters in the books, mm-hmm. especially in these, you know, locked door sort of ones. Like there's just so many lawyers and random cousins and sons and daughters and parents traveling with their kids and just yeah but um but anyway so i'm just going to speak of the film and i'm not going to dig back into the book because i don't think that's it's not relevant it's more like they successfully (laughs) yeah yeah, they successfully tell this story in in the way that they're doing and in the way they've modified some of the characters or like created and like combined and whatever so i'm gonna say that the character that has the least amount of skin in the game is mr ferguson 
because that guy's just like down with capitalism and um, whatever. And he kind of just hates rich people. Yeah. Right. Is he but the he's lawyer? on that boat for some reason. The trustee. He's the young guy who, he's the who young one. ends up with Olivia Hussey. Okay. He, who incredibly wears a polo, a wool polo sweater with a necktie, mm-hmm. which is kind of an epic look. Which is yeah. a, kind of a, a Jonathan Hardish. <laughs> and a, a little bit uh commie yeah yes yeah. but yeah. so that's one example of somebody i think that's starting at the bottom like who seems least likely yeah i mean i didn't uh betty davis her character also her assistant or whatever they were maggie smith maggie smith the fabulous maggie smith amazing character who right. were just so, lovers, basically. It's Mrs. Van Schuyler, who is a rich socialite, uh-huh. and her companion slash PA slash lesbian lover, Miss Bowers. Yes. Bowers, yeah. And Maggie Smith looked amazing in her like oh my God, finger yeah. wave, just suits, she tailored was, suits. Yeah. And giving Tilda. She really was. A <laughs> day and night. She looked incredible. <laughs> but but she had a reason. Maggie Smith was, her family was lost everything because of the, of, uh, God, there's so many names. I know, Lynette Ridgway's family took everything away from Maggie Smith's family, right? They ruined right. her family financially. Right. So she had a reason, but Miss... Skyler did not, right? She did. Oh, she did. She has what Poirot describes as an obsession with jewels. Oh, Oh, that's right. Pearls. And everyone knows that about her. So she's a little bit, for a socialite, I think she's also a bit of a klepto. Mm. But um, Lynette has these exquisite double-stranded pearls. Mm and so we're made to think that correctly <laughs> that Mrs. Van Schuyler in the film, Mrs. Van Schuyler, um, is the one that steals the pearls. Right. And she does. But then she puts mm-hmm. them back on her dead body. <laughs> yes. So fucking weird. Yeah. And makes her seem even more uh, suspicious. Okay. Who were you going to go with next that was like the least amount of... It- Motive. Oh, well, we don't have to go in any. He oh, just seemed I, the easiest one. I thought you can Jack, go in any order. <laughs> I see. I thought Doctor Brett Besner, the uh, <laughs> Jack Warden, doing uh-huh. doing an atrocious German accent. Oh my god! Uh, what a nightmare. He he. I did he have any reason? Was he even seriously considered? He, he did have a reason, and it's one of those great poirot moments where you know he's always eavesdropping always eavesdropping he's pretending to sleep he's <laughs> leaning against the corner he but in this feed it's so perfect because uh dr Bessner follows lois childs back into uh the lounge area um on the boat where she's forgotten something and she goes in to get it and he corners her and starts going off on her about how um, she shouldn't go around to all of her socialite friends slandering his clinic. And she calls him a quack. Um, and and she's like, you injected my friend with this stuff. And he's like, I injected her with armadillo urine. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. I never had any problem with that. And she's like, I'm going to ruin you. And he's like, no, you can't do that. You can't whatever. And she's like, try and stop me. And so it's kind of like she's going right. to ruin his business because he injected her friend with urine um, <laughs> armadillo urine what the fuck 
Yeah. That's so fucking weird. So, Dr. Bessner, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. So he had also a reason to kill her because she was going to ruin his practice. Yep. Um, she was just making enemies left and right. And then our, our link, fuck. our link of of, uh, of the day, Angela Lansbury, who plays Mrs. Salome Otterborn. Otter, <laughs> Otterborn. Uh, Otterborn. <laughs> born of Otter. Uh, <laughs> I didn't... What, what was her? I just loved her, by the way. Just she's just drunk oh, the entire oh, time, yeah. and she is goofing off. She is having a blast. Angela Lansbury, uh, our yes, mm-hmm. yes. Right. So there's two Otterborns on on the boat. Yes, and it is Mrs. Salome Otterborn, um, who writes trashy romance novels, but apparently has had great success doing so. She talks about sex all the time. She seems like utterly totally wasted 24 7 and her daughter <laughs> hates her so rosalie otterborn <laughs> is salome otterborn's uh, daughter who just looks like she's in her own per- uh, personal hell as she follows <laughs> her drunk uh embarrassing mom around but the otterborns are on the brink of financial ruin because of lynette because mrs otterborn wrote a character in one of her best-selling novels that was clearly based on Lynette Ridgway. And Lynette Ridgway is in the process of suing Salome Otterborn for slander. Mm-hmm. And so she will be financially ruined if, the, if uh, Lynette's suit goes uh, to court and if she wins. So okay. they say multiple times that you can't slander the dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Making themselves seem... Not just drunk and hard to be with, but also suspicious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very suspicious. Oh my god! <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, Mia Farrow made herself so suspicious. <laughs> the conversations she had with Poirot were like, "I have a gun, and I think about shooting her in the head all the time." Mm-hmm. And there was one <laughs> quote that was like, "It was like you don't want to go into ruin." And she and she was like, I'll follow it straight to hell. This yeah. feeling like she was just <laughs> and then And Poirot was so just like, Ugh, I'm so bored with yeah. you, you you silly girl. There's one part where he <laughs> says something like, You want love in your heart? And she's like, If love can't live there, evil will do just as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, why are you making yourself right. seem so suspicious? While she was holding a gun to her head. And she was like, I have a gun. Look at this gun that I have. Because Eventually, she we find out, you know, she couldn't have done it. She couldn't have been the murderer. So we know that because she was being watched after she shoots her fiancé husband. Pretends to shoot her fiancé. Right, right. But we think she shoots him in the leg, which is insane. And then they're all so concerned about her, which is, like, for me, didn't, like, lock her up at all for shooting a man. (laughs) That's... They were just like, make sure she's okay. Basically, make sure she doesn't kill herself now because she made a mistake. And then, so there's people watching her while her friend, while uh, Ridgeway gets murdered, gets shot in the head. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that's why I guess she was feeling okay about being really suspicious and just like, I'm going to have an alibi. So it doesn't matter because we're going to make sure. It's planned. It's Mm. all planned. Mm carefully planned and then it goes horribly awry but we've got more suspects yeah than that we've yes. got george kennedy rather <laughs> incredibly mm-hmm. um as 
trustee Andrew Pennington, who we discover he has been uh, mismanaging Lynette's funds. He is trying to get her to sign paperwork to give him power of attorney mm-hmm. because now that she's married, she finally it was in her trust that if she got married, then she would gain control of her finances. And so she has gotten married and he shows up right. and like the minute he we see him in the film, he finds out that she got married and then he hightails it to join her on the honeymoon because he has to get ahead of this because she's going to find out. And then he's screwed right i mean he has potentially the he has the biggest motive really yeah well and he actually tries to kill her yeah he um, drops a right. giant brick <laughs> yeah on top pushes of the thing onto her um which was an incredible and, moment which is another reason that they shouldn't let people climb on those <laughs> yeah those yeah beautiful so ruins. <laughs> one more one more suspect <clears throat> yes and then i will so it is louise the maid of Lynette Ridgeway and played by Jane Birkin. Um, so Louise is in love with an Egyptian fella and Louise is also a maid. So she's poor and his family will not let them get married because she can present no dowry. And in their culture, traditionally, mm-hmm. she would have to have a dowry. And so she has gotten a promise from Lynette that Lynette would pay her this money when she left her service and uh lynette refuses to pay it and so louise is trapped and here she is in egypt and she's desperate Mm -hmm. for the money and she doesn't understand why lynette won't just give her the damn money and really why won't lynette just give her the damn money i guess because she's the kind of person that every single person on a boat wants to kill yeah yeah Yeah. she's just that type of person i mean that's Mm -hmm. the first thing that's talked about in the movie is uh when when Mia Farrow goes to see, or when Lynette shows up at Mia Farrow's house, I don't like what I'm very confused about <laughs> the relationships and the domiciles. But when uh, Lois Childs and Mia Farrow are together in the very beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. Lois is telling Mia about uh, her maid's ex. Basically, she's like, "I put a st- I put a stop to that." Oh. Mm-hmm. Which is creepy. Which yeah. yeah, it opens with Jane Birkin crying and and leaving mm-hmm. leaving the room. Okay, mm-hmm. I full I watched the whole thing and didn't understand why the maid was there. <laughs> Did not understand <laughs> that entire character or like why no. I knew she owed her money. I remember that part, but I didn't really know why she needed the money or like why killing her would be a way out of that situation. I guess she so she tells her she's she the exposition in the film is that. Lynette, like Eric said, just is explaining to Mia Farrow what the fuck's wrong with Louise, mm-hmm. um, why Louise isn't being a very good maid at that moment, and it's because she's in love with this guy and she can't marry him unless she has some money to show up with. The family won't accept her. Okay. And so her motivation to kill Lynette is Lynette is a cunt, but also <laughs> Lynette owes her some money. <laughs> yeah. And whatever. Uh, I've tried a couple of times to read Agatha Christie novels. And I mm-hmm. get very confused and I have to stop. Yeah. Um, Is it because there's so many people? <laughs> it's because there's so many people. There's so there's so many characters. And it happens with these movies as well. Like there's mm-hmm. so many characters and they have so much like because it's a mystery, yeah. Every character has a full backstory yeah. and mm-hmm. a motive like mm-hmm. it's so there's a relationship between every single character and one person yeah 
and mm-hmm. and each other a little and bit. they and they talk about it mm-hmm. constantly mm-hmm. for two and a half hours yeah so <laughs> it's really hard for me to like keep it all together which yeah. is part uh-huh. of why i like these kinds of movies is because i like mm-hmm. that like brain tickly confusion mm-hmm. thing the puzzle box yeah mm-hmm. i i i like that but yeah fuck man i <laughs> watching <laughs> watching this again i was just like why are you here and who are you who are you to this person and blah 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 like i completely forgot about the commie guy like until the very yeah. end of the movie right when, when oh, they're yeah. like olivia Hussey's like we're together even though her, her mom is dead she's just like we're getting married yeah which i was like that's cute those two characters could have been left out probably kind I, of yeah they, they help out when he gets shot and they run around and grab people and whatever but it's like i don't know if we needed them well i mean you need red herrings you, you yeah definitely just, every mystery needs red herrings did we say so angela insbury's character the writer it, her motive is that i think we already said this but she's going to get sued by ridgeway yeah for yeah. for uh what's it called slander slander because she called her a nymphomaniacal baboon <laughs> <laughs> In one of her books. That's so good. Yeah. Oh, and then and then um sorry, David Niven wasn't is never really considered a suspect, correct? No, because he's working for Lynette That's right. on behalf of her uh financial interests. Yes. Is that the that's, that's the, like Poirot's assistant? He'd be basically in de facto becomes it's, and stabs. Yeah. They end friend, up being, yeah. he stabs the cobra that almost kills yes. <laughs> the cobra a beautiful cobra so Poirot is at the mirror getting sink. his face together for the day or whatever and Fixing there's his a finger waves cobra <laughs> underneath the uh little table that he's at and you can see the glass reflection yeah. <laughs> of like the cobra being behind glass which is like so funny and also i don't it doesn't look like they killed a real snake, which I was really happy about. I don't think they I did. think they they use like a rubber snake when it he stabs it with his like cane sword. Yeah, cane sword. Yeah. But this guy has. Uh which would put him high on my suspect list if you're bringing a cane sword onto a ship, but maybe it was a different time. Uh he's basically law enforcement. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. he stabs a snake and then it's like clearly a rubber snake. I can't remember what I was watching where they actually, you could tell they actually cut a snake in half. Oh, uh, Friday it? the 13th. Yeah. Where the, like the original Friday the 13th. A snake that they, you can just see it's a real live Not snake okay. that they're it's really cutting in half. Okay. It's so fucked up. And so I was glad that they maybe, hopefully didn't kill a real cobra for it, I don't. Th- I don't think they did. I don't think so either. I don't think they did. Because no. when, when he stabs it, it's just it like, like just rubber. blank. Yeah. <laughs> and then they throw it over the side so of the So it would probably boat. be really hard to stab a cobra in the throat <laughs> like that. Like, point. Well, and so Colonel Race is actually a character that appears consistently. Uh, oh, throughout the Poirot? He's in, in a lot of the Poirots and plays like a, a good companion and, and uh, oh yeah, that's a character that I really I, love. Love that but I character. also really love David Niven. David yeah. Niven's awesome. That's yeah. so he's the one who played that character. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so Colonel Colonel Race is is not on the suspect list, but and for for many reasons, but in the construct of the movie, he's so he's there representing. Does Lynette, the book taking the place of a lawyer? Is character. the book from his perspective? Oh, it's it's uh it's omniscient. I think oh. it's it's the, okay. Those are. I'm, am I right? Her books are all. Third person. Uh not all. Oh well, I mean the the Poirots. Yeah. 
I could see, like, I, th- I don't know. For some reason, like, the book being from his, or the story being from his perspective is really interesting because he's just watching Are you Poirot fucking rewriting work. Agatha Christie? Yes. Rewrite right? <laughs> Corner! Yeah, re- yeah. Re- rewriting Agatha Christie. <laughs> it's just, he's just like a uh, really... I knew it would return. <laughs> because he's like the just, like, standard Ballsy. dude who gives us access to all these crazy stories that are happening where he doesn't really have a backstory, right? I mean, unless I missed it. It's like he's just a guy. He he's like in charge of her financials in England, I think. Right, basically is the in story. the movie that is his colonel racism. So he, that's how he knows that the American guy is a fraud immediately. But him just being becoming Poirot's assistant is so interesting because Poirot's character is so cool because when you think he's not paying attention, he is, mm. and you think he's just like in the background eating like he grabs oh the meal and starts eating it well and you think he's just not paying attention at all to what's going on and that's why because he puts people off their guard he's... and he's so interesting because he's really just knows everything that's happening he's 10 steps ahead of you and acting like he's five steps behind yeah he's kind of so good he's kind of a lout in this movie too like in this that the scene where he takes dude's meal yeah just it is one of the funniest things to me because that is the grossest thing you could possibly do. But he's playing a role of a guy who would do that. It's oh, I, like, think, I think he's genuinely just like, I'm I'm hungry. I'm going to no, eat this No, I think now. he's, that's to put them off their guard and to like make them, have them slip up. Because if they think he's just some like idiot who's going to. No, everyone knows, everyone in the world knows, everyone in Hercule Poirot's world knows who Hercule Poirot is. Right. But. And that he's the the world's greatest detective. But that's what makes right. him so great is that he doesn't come off like that, I think. He's not this like laser sharp. He doesn't come off as this like super sharp yeah. <laughs> detective. He comes across as a guy who wants your food. <laughs> well, and so in the movie, they make it seem that Poirot is on his vacances, right? But yeah. in the book, <laughs> he has been hired by Lynette. Uh, oh, interesting. Huh. Okay. That's really interesting. Because to, to get... Jacqueline the fuck away from her. Right. Okay. That makes sense. That would Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, but so from a film perspective, like this one is not my favorite of the cinematic Poirots even, but I think in terms of Hollywood Poirot, mm-hmm. obviously Murder on the Orient Express is the top echelon academy award nominated multiple academy award nominated uh film but i don't know i think peter yustinov's poirot is such a more uh subtle performance you know i don't know (laughs) i think it's just funny how english he is like he's (laughs) he's so yes he's he's so aggressively english like his french is bad his his it's just funny to me. It's very funny to me. Isn't I find it, Belgian, I find it though? super amusing. Poir- the Hercule character is, is Belgian. Is Belgian. Okay. And that's always and, the hilarious uh, <laughs> thing is how offended he is. To be called French. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like him him and Jack Warden, like the the accent off going on on this, oh, man. On this fucking riverboat Relentless. was real charming (laughs) yeah but when you compare the yusnov poirot with albert finney's poirot Mm -hmm. i mean albert finney's poirot although i think that's a much better film i mean it's like a an insane cartoon right oh yeah 
So for me, I shouldn't, I feel like I can just say, say it unless something crazy develops in the next few couple decades that my number one Poirot, of course, is TV Poirot, and it's got to be David Suchet all the way. Mm. It's just a much more nuanced performance, but also I think a much more likable representation of Poirot without compromising the character. Mm. So, yeah, from a film perspective, what I always think is interesting, especially with like 70s movies, is the lighting mm -hmm. is always so weirdly like it's just like this wash. Yeah like this crazy flat wash that mm -hmm. just a million percent is like, in case you're wondering, <laughs> viewer, in case you're wondering, you're watching a movie. <laughs> the So, okay, yeah, let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about the moviness of this movie. Um, okay, so this was directed please. by uh, John Guillermin or Guillermin? <laughs> Guillermin. Uh, he directed The Towering Inferno and he also directed a couple <laughs> yes. of other- ensemble cast films the uh, 70s ladies and gentlemen the 70s <laughs> the 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 literal battle for stardom <laughs> yeah um, but ensemble ensemble cast like that's it is a hallmark of the locked door mystery is an ensemble cast obviously right. but this movie it's ensemble to a to a level that's just <laughs> bananas. Like yeah. like twenty minutes in, I was like, oh man, acting in an ensemble cast is a really different skill set than any other kind of acting. It has to be because everyone is someone. Mm -hmm. Like every single person on screen is a is a star, mm -hmm. uh, true, and is a star usually for very good reason because they can act. It was Maggie Smith when Maggie Smith shows up. Alongside yeah. Betty fucking Davis, yeah. <laughs> and I can't take my eyes off Maggie Smith, and I'm hanging on every word that she's saying because she is just giving, giving, giving a Serbic bitch <laughs> lesbian lover thing, yeah. and I'm just like, I, I, I could watch twenty movies just about those two women on vacation. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, and they in the in the Kenneth Branagh one, brilliant casting. It's Don French and Jennifer Saunders. Um. So brilliant, yeah, truly brilliant amazing. casting. Yeah. Mm. Agreed. Um, still not a very good adaptation. Uh, <laughs> right. The 70s of this 30s <laughs> is one of my favorite <laughs> things in the world. Like, I love the 30s of the 70s. The 20s and 30s of the 1970s films is so specifically beautiful to me. Like, you get these period locations and you throw some chrome in there <laughs> just, <laughs> like glass and chrome just appears in these, in these castles. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? I love it. I love it. I love it. I also <laughs> love the, the finger waves. Like everyone's got their finger waves going. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone's rocking a hairnet to bed. <laughs> Shit is so gorgeous. Like, and yeah. the, the clothes in this movie when they are oh, yeah. walking around the uh, I can't, the temple, I can't remember the name of the temple that they're walking around, and they're all in white outfits. Mm -hmm. Stunning. It Stunning. won the Oscar. Did it win yeah. for best, best costume, costume design? For costumes, yeah. Oh, fuck mm -hmm. yeah. Who, mm -hmm. who was the costume designer? Anthony Powell. Right. On, if, uh, take a bow, Anthony Powell. <laughs> yeah, take another bow. <laughs> you ruled. <laughs> yeah, they were great. The ensembleness of this, I, I just can't, I can't get over it. It's like everyone has to play a character that is so overblown, but no one in this one does it super over the top, except for Mia Farrow. 
Yeah, right. kind of. Like Mia Farrow is really fucking just going nuts. But she's that's the character. Exactly. It's part. It's one hundred percent part of like of everyone else. The character and pretending the film. they're on vacation. She's stalking her <laughs> friend and her his and her ex boyfriend. Yes. So. And she's like Yelling overcome facts. with grief and <laughs> yeah, heartbreak. So that makes sense. Yelling um, just facts about things. Amazing. When she comes out, they're at a temple and there's two statues, and then the wind starts blowing, right? Mm-hmm. And then Mia Farrow steps out like yes. she had magic powers and starts telling them facts about those statues. Just like, I just happen to be here. Here's some facts about this. And just like the most innocent thing. So wonderful. So great. Uh, but yeah, I was reading about, so you were talking about the lighting of this movie, which mm-hmm. is like, it's like just everything is lit. There is no, there are no shadows. Yeah. There's no impressionistic right. anything to this, to this film. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that is, Partially a choice because of ensemble casting. Everybody has to be lit, blah, 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 blah. Um, but also, this was shot in Egypt, and it would get to 130 degrees in the afternoon. Oh, my God. So they couldn't shoot in the daytime. They would get up at 4 a.m. to go for makeup mm. and then shoot until, I think, noon. <laughs> wow. And then they would have to be taken away to, like, to <laughs> Their cool the fuck couches. down. <laughs> yeah. And then they would finish at night. So it's, it's really, I find that really interesting. Like, it's just like, it, it is a, a movie heavy with interiors, uh, yeah. even though they, they yeah. do spend some good time and some really nice photography on, on, uh, Luxor and, um, you know, the beautiful, beautiful temples oh. and pyramids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The location shots are insane, but of course the story takes place, you know, primarily on the boat. Yeah. So yeah. it's an interesting choice that they would have the budget and make the effort to go to Egypt and actually be on location. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really brings home the wealth and the experience of people traveling, you know, in that way. Mm-hmm. It's, um, and that just that, glamorous yet janky to me steamboat <laughs> it's uh it's a lot right but it's it's just so decadent and so just suffocatingly british to yes. <laughs> go with your fellow colonizers and tromp all over egypt you know yeah. stuffing shit in your bag and <laughs> for your mantelpiece or whatever but uh-huh. um, <laughs> you know <laughs> super amazing but yeah it's it's funny sometimes like it's something i i think of more i think when i watch things specifically on my computer which i do a lot i think a lot of people do that now but i am often watching stuff that we're talking about while i'm like cooking or something like that and so i've got the laptop in the kitchen but that's when i really notice you know the what i just referred to as the very 70s ish uh lighting but it's something that it doesn't bother me and it does certainly doesn't take me out of the story because I'm just not a person that lets things like, like the Cobra reflection. <laughs> I don't let things like that take me out of the story. Like right. I'm just always in it. Like mm-hmm. it, like I sort of feel like sad inside when the fakery is pointed out to me, like it mm-hmm. kind of breaks my heart just a little <laughs> bit um, because I, I'm a believer. I want to believe like, it's like, we're in this. Thank you for making this fake world for yes. me. Thank you for telling me a story. Um, I'm, but- I'm absolutely in that camp as well of just like, I'm happy to like, go ahead and lie to me for two hours mm-hmm. and yeah. I will, I'll just believe you. It's and like, if you can pull I it off. For, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. But I think, you know, like I'm not a fan of the hot Beba. So I think <laughs> this is, and this is so stupid, but I'll say that my bias against or my assumption that I will not be interested in things about hot weather or things that take place in hot places or tropical places. I carry that bias. I think you guys know I carry that bias with me to the programs and films that I consume. <laughs> because like when we were watching Heart to Heart, I just every time there's like a stupid jungle episode or whatever, like I'm just like, Ugh. like I don't want yeah. I just don't want that. Kind of like I don't want ranch ones either. I just like, no, I don't want to do that one. Like, but I don't know why, because when I watch them I enjoy it. And legitimately when I am in a hot place, I love it in a uh, way that's weird. Uh -huh. But in my head, in my head, you guys, not in real life, but in my head, I don't want that. Yeah. So with the Agatha Christie's, I'm, I so much prefer, um, I mean, I know there's a whole reason in her own personal life why um, she wrote so many books that reference cultures, you know, um, in the Middle East and in Egypt in particular. But for me, those are not my favorites. I mm. just want the mystery at Stittaford. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to be in the British countryside because to <laughs> me, that is different but also it doesn't make me feel like i'm going to be hot yeah this is like bringing me perfectly to one of betty davis's my favorite quote from her where she's they're so combative with each other but they you can tell they love each other and she says something about uh uh maggie smith being in the sunshine or something and she says roasting in the sun will do wonders for her those jaundiced jowls of hers <laughs> <laughs> right in front of her it's like so fucked up i don't remember what brought that on but like maggie smith was talking about how hot it was or something like that yeah that's not a healthy relationship no no but i love watching but them. I, yeah i would absolutely watch a series of that and maggie telling her she's gonna be in the morgue soon yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's cute where you'll be soon betty betty davis just the way she looks in this film she is like at that crazy like i sorry everybody and i don't mean mean this to sound defamatory because i don't mean it to be but she is at her i'm starting to look spooky motherfuckers phase Dude. Yeah. that that is the betty davis moment where it just is turning a corner like so hard that you're getting whiplash this is like watcher in the woods moment yes mm -hmm. Right. That's the Betty Davis that I think of where it's like, oh, now it's Watcher in the Woods. Yeah, um, that's the, the scene where she puts the pearls back on. Oh, God. Uh, she's in the body. Closet. And when her face appears in that behind that screen, in the closet, yeah. it's fucking terrifying. Like that is a legit scary shot. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, it's Betty Davis doing that and occupying like a sinister or scary totally phase. it's not something that's just happening to her face it's yeah. deliberate but it but it is something that i really love because you know betty davis there's so many characters <laughs> to love right it's like mm. rosabline and oh i mean yeah somebody uh, Marco says, channing forever but somebody says something about maggie smith's mother later on in the movie and she says my mother was a lady and then betty davis says a disposition she failed to pass on to you yes <laughs> <laughs> so Ugh, can brutal. you imagine being on a boat with that that would just make i don't i die. think maggie smith loves it i think that character like oh, they right. are 
in love, they love each other in a way that's so aggressive and like shitty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I I've been at this dinner. I've been at this like I've been on this vacation. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's. I mean, it is. It just is what it is. You you people people have different you know ways of relating to each other uh-huh. it's a love <laughs> so, language so it is a love language sometimes <laughs> people's love language is very vulgar <laughs> oh my god okay so angela lansbury knows who did it At halfway through or whatever three quarters of the way through she knows who did it she goes to the room with the doctor <laughs> and but no Poirot. but she knows she knows, she knows specifically who killed the maid. Who killed the yes. maid? So right. we've got we've got two murders up to that point. Right, we and have, they tell her, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lynette has been murdered, uh-huh. and then Louise, the maid, is found with her throat slit, clutching uh, a piece of a thousand pound. Note. Yes, with like slit in a way that only a scalpel could have done. Yes, <laughs> so, so and so much blood. So they're like the doctor's. Yeah. Not, the doctor's not going to want you in the room, and she says, "A little kraut crossness won't stop me now." <laughs> and she goes in the room, tells the doctor to leave, and then there she's like, "I know who did it. Who killed the maid?" And then just when she's about to say it, her head explodes. <laughs> <laughs> she gets shot right in the so, forehead, yeah. which they yeah. show fully. I was so shocked that they were allowed to show that on a movie. I don't know. That seems I mean, so violent. Well, what they show is like a red paint pellet exploding. Yeah. <laughs> but, and I guess it that, is the fakest blood. They also they yeah, show right, right. Lois Childs get shot in the great. fucking head eighteen yes, times. So many times. <laughs> that was shocking too. The I amount know. that they were showing because you're supposed to uh, like want so that. many people get shot in the head in this. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a head shooty movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you got to go with what's going to work. People need to <laughs> shut up. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. People shut do up. need to shut up. <laughs> Shut These up. characters also are so like pitiful that you kind of want to see it, I guess. So like that's maybe the reasoning it was. I just I'm shocked that 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 this wasn't rated X. Or oh something no, it's 1978. Oh, no. Like it's I think it's the, I think the uh, the the over lighting of this makes makes you feel like you're watching a TV movie. Maybe, but this was a theatrical film. Like yeah, this, but this came out after Jaws. Like this came out, <laughs> right? It's so gory though for the time. I don't the know. The year before uh, uh, the first Friday the Thirteenth. Like this is right. My uh, this came, this is in the theaters the same time as Midnight Express. Right. Yes. My yes. closest touchstone is I think Alien. Right. Nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. A year later, which mm-hmm. also was a gory movie, but I feel like wasn't as gory as this in a way <laughs> because they cut away from the violence in a in a way that's different this was like flat out you're gonna watch angela lansbury get shot in the head and it's, then be dead on the floor which is amazing i mean it's it's a great crazy moment and mm-hmm. it it's the ultimate twist i mean you just yeah. gasp right yes. weren't you shocked oh my god oh yeah. totally yes yeah so it's shocking and that is so perfect and it also in your mind takes the murderer to the next level right yeah, yes. like and it also sets the stage for my very favorite moment of dialogue in the entire film (laughs) (laughs) what is it which is when uh what's his face um jack warden yeah comes he comes in right after um angela lansbury gets shot in the head and he goes he goes ah killing 
<laughs> killing. He's like, ah, oh, killing, killings, all the time killings. And killings. I was like, oh, that should be the name of our pod, all the time killings. All the time killings. All the time that. killings. That does make killing sense. Killing time and killings. I would jump into the Nile at this point. I would risk the crocodile alligators <laughs> and swim to the shore and get the fuck off this ship at that point when she gets really, shot in the I, head. I would be back in the lounge just being like like uh, Mrs. Audubon all like where's the croc in this yeah. cocktail or whatever. <laughs> Salty I'm croc like, I don't understand what she's talking about anymore. Yeah. But yeah, so it's, I mean it. it's, in terms of who done it, it is just classically Agatha Christie craziness, right? Mm-hmm. Where there's yeah. red herrings. Like it's just a, a sea of red herrings. Yes. It's a floating aquarium packed with red herrings. But the truth is so sinister. It's so diabolical that yeah. it's just absolutely perfect. But the greatest moment has to be, right? So, and we've established for listeners, like for people that have not experienced the book or the thing, right? So Simon and... Jackie are in it together. Mm -hmm. Although he married Lynette, he comes up with the idea to that they team up and murder her, and then they are together and share her money. Right. So Mm -hmm. all the elaborate things with fake blood and the tiny gun, and then the big gun and the whatever, and everybody gets shot in the head. But in the final scene, when Poirot does the classic thing to gather everyone together in 30 minutes time, mm. because he knows who did it, uh-huh. and everyone comes in there, and of course they are exposed, and Simon's like, oh, no, it's not, no. <laughs> and then Jackie, Jackie's all, yes, yeah, it's me. And there is then the ultimate crazy, crazy moment mm. where she uh, is in, like, climbs into Simon's arms and lovingly does what she describes doing to Lynette, which is putting the gun to his head and gently pulling the trigger. Yeah. She murders him and then kills herself rather than be uh, taken into custody. So dark. It's a really dark. (sighs) It's super dark. Yeah. And and then Olivia Hussey and that other dude show up and they're like, we're getting married. (laughs) (laughs) Mom got shot in the head, but we're getting married. Not in the book, but I was shocked at that ending too. And it was like, um, of course she's going to grab that gun that's sitting on that table. Oh, totally. She's pretending. I was like, that's obvious. But why was that gun? Great moment when he, he like grabs the, well, they've got the table, like they've laid out the evidence, uh-huh. you know, the stole and the ashtray and the red ink and the gun are all on the table. And that tiny little gun. Then Paolo realizes he slides the stole and re- or lifts the stole and realizes that the gun isn't there. And then we know immediately that yeah. what's going to go down. Yeah. Great. Great scene. I, yeah. yeah. It, it can't end any other way, really. Like, what no. She goes to jail. I guess they both go to jail. It's not as satisfying. This is like romance and passion. And yeah, I mean, I guess I could have jumped out the window, which I probably would have done <laughs> ten times on this trip. I would have jumped out the window and swam away. But the my it brings me to my other rewrite. <laughs> my last rewrite. Of, oh, forever! That's no <laughs> of this film. Oh, what a relief! I've been this waiting episode, for this yeah. moment. <laughs> So at the end, (laughs) there's like, they are all debarking from the ship and they're all 
going home happily, even though <laughs> they should probably all be in jail. Uh, and then it pans down to the Nile, and I just wanted to see their floating dead bodies <laughs> with <laughs> bullet holes in their heads. They just <laughs> drop. They just dump and, the bodies. Yeah, they just <laughs> dumped them, and they're just floating there, dead. And then it fades and an alligator comes up and eats them. Yeah, I look like a really <laughs> fake looking alligator. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would have loved that. Well, well, so of course we have to give a shout out to Lois Childs. Yes, Pandemic Scotty. We had Pandemic Scotty. Two what were there only two? Um so Lois Childs, Pandemic Scotty from the latest in high fashion murder. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh Simon McCorkendale. <laughs> right. <laughs> who yeah. plays the handsome uh murderer. Uh he was in Million Dollar Hearts as Arthur yep. Roman. McCorkendale. Uh he's great. He is yeah. in something called Manimal. Oh. Oh yeah. Wait, Manimal. let's not talk about what external a projects fantastic yet. Idea. <laughs> We're not at that segment. But I know, the but segment we might be at is Pick, pick Your Pose. Oh, <laughs> Ellen. Oh, I'm so naive. <laughs> who's pick, your knife? <sighs> who's your poke on the Nile? Who'd you poke or who would you shoot oh, with a tiny gun in the head? God. <laughs> Myself, you're gonna pull a Mia Farrow <laughs> to escape this. A Jacqueline, um, God, uh, God, <laughs> um, gee, uh, I guess Mr. Ferguson. I don't know, he's like the only brunette person under a hundred on the boat so i'm gonna try and be a good sport about it he's the the commie oh okay Mm -hmm. um andrew pennington george kennedy (laughs) i have a thing for george kennedy who's that really wow i do so forceful he was the lawyer that was trying to to he's the one that had the gun that ended up killing angela lansbury Mm-hmm. Well, mine is the most boring Simon McCorkinson. He's he. I believe he was my poke for Million Dollar Hearts. Uh, I could be wrong, yeah. but I believe I mean, he was. He's very handsome. He's he super is, handsome. He has star power. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I also love, in the very beginning of the movie, when Mia Farrow and him are driving to see their friend, they drive off the road because they're making out so yes. hard. <laughs> they try to <laughs> cut into a field so great. into a corner <laughs> that was such a great scene and they were going so fast <laughs> they were in that little weird t- tin lizzie or whatever they were driving <laughs> um i think i've said everything i need to say about this movie oh the last thing i wanted to say is this is the original 13 reasons why <laughs> <laughs> like 13 reasons why is just a re tooling of the locked door mystery it really is yeah i mean it's I a, it 100 didn't realize until we were watching this. i don't know what that is oh it's, oh, it's like a, a ya novel netflix. turned netflix oh, series. okay don't t- don't talk about it oh okay to me anyway <laughs> okay oh god Ugh. i think poirot says this at the end not my favorite quote the great ambition of women is to inspire love. Oh, that seemed so weirdly tacked on. Tacked on. Why did they even need to say that? The yeah, I don't know. Like, I, shut up. <laughs> I don't know. I think they were I I do think we we are in a situation where the studio was like you need to put something 
less <laughs> dire than a murder suey yeah, at the end of this movie. Because <laughs> this is coming out at Christmas or something. You know, it probably did. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's. Uh, would you recommend this this particular link in the chain to our listeners, Ellen? Oh, of course. I mean, of course. I, yeah. also, I also would. I think it's a... It's a super well-made movie. I think all of the actors are having a ball and they're all like they're they're giving like every, every one of my notes is like blah, blah, blah is giving this. Blah, blah, blah is giving that. It was literally, <laughs> literally Christmas. Um, <laughs> I also my other notes were Ellen. Ellen will have something to say about Mia showing up and shouting museum facts. <laughs> <laughs> She's like the stalker docent. And then I said, every character is a gay man. And uh, yeah. and then I can't remember who said, ooh, what you say is dumb. Oh, I remember that too. <laughs> what you say is dumb. <laughs> I think it was like the assistant guy. Uh, that was good. I still kind of want to have like a metric. Oh, like of, a... Uh... <laughs> like uh, chain links. I give, it, I give it nine chain links out of ten. <laughs> wow. I, loved this i loved it mm. overall yeah my only issue mm. i think were that you could cut out those two young characters and then it started to drag around the time with the pearls being stolen and that that's, betty davis situation it, it was sort of dragging for that's me a when i bit. fall asleep yeah you fall, <laughs> you fall asleep i i did uh when we were watching it the first time i fell asleep right and around then I, then and then i woke up during poirot's explanation and what you didn't know is while you were asleep i brought out my tiny little gun and i put it across <laughs> your head and i just held it there i no, i do know that you do that and i saw, i whispered if only. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it that's the only marks off is that those two characters could have been cut there's already so many characters they didn't really get to shine in any way and then just like tighten it up around the like the whole betty davis stealing the pearls and then bringing them back i think that doesn't really need to happen oh i don't know that that served a bit of a purpose to me for red herring purposes it like made it look like she killed her yeah but, although i never really suspected her i did no. suspect maggie smith but i also didn't suspect mia farrow because they were going so hard on her being the obvious killer so it was a good twist uh, do you I, I, I but so if you take away more more characters then you're really starting to fuck with the egg the christiness of it yeah because there's so many characters that are n not in the movie for example the pearls end up being a storyline for an archaeologist character that doesn't appear in the film oh interesting um chichetti 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 i think Shetty? um <laughs> chichetti there's a cousin that's not in there um, the Otterborn daughter has, they, it doesn't end for the Otterborn daughter the way that it does in the film. And they engage with that character more because you can't have, like, because they've already cut out so many people. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. like, it there's another lawyer, there's a cousin, there's, yeah. It's like, it needs to be longer. And it was already, I mean, this is a two and a half hour movie. And I feel like, was that rare for the 70s? I don't no. know. Oh, <laughs> no. really? Uh, no, that was kind of, no, like the 60s. Like hour and a half, two hours. Because we're getting back to standard. that now. It's like movies are like three hours long minimum yeah. now. Mm -hmm. um, but you need more time for all these characters. It's it's true. The, like, I don't feel like time was wasted in this movie. Really. Definitely not. Um, I, I, think it's, I think it's really well done. I, I think any faults 
for me for this movie are, are as Ellen pointed out, like just the the lighting is uninteresting, and <laughs> like they could have done they could have done more impressionistic things in the interiors. But the clothes are amazing. The performances are great. I love mm-hmm. all of these actors. I I love mm-hmm. Jane Birkin. I love mm-hmm. like it, it's. It's great. It's great. Angela Lansbury's having a fucking ball. Mia Farrow's having a ball. Yeah. Um, the only thing that would have made it better was like sex. <laughs> I'm Angela Lansbury in this scenario, I guess. Sex. <laughs> well, what's interesting, so if people saw the remake, which was what, last year? Just last a couple year. years ago? Last mm. year? The Kenneth Brown remake. And so they, he also helmed a remake of Murder on the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. But so mm. on the remake of Death and Nile, it's funny that we talk about lighting because the lighting and effects in the new Death on the Nile are really gorgeous. I mean, mm. it just looks incredible. Mm-hmm. Like it's so beautiful and they really it's just you feel the the glamour of the boat and you feel like the flickering, you know, torchlight vibes. It's mm. the moonlight like it's it's really, really beautiful. but. Oh, I'm going to keep with the lighting thing, but it does not hold a candle to this <laughs> production of Death on the Nile. No. So, you know, Death Death on the Nile is it's a lot. Yeah. But I do just across the board kind of love the 70s Hollywood Christie's, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah. And we have not said a fucking word about Peter Ustinov, but he was <laughs> except for that his his Poirot's French is terrible. I loved But I, I think a better Poirot than the Finney take. Yeah. Although I love Albert Finney to death. I agree. I I I really like I really like Yusinov Poirot. I think he's so I think Yusinov, he's adorable and he's he's funny and this one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Yusinov comes and he's got a great comic vibe too. Mm-hmm. Like he digs into that, I think, a little bit more than Finney. And Finney had the crazy Hitler hair and um but Peter <laughs> Yusinov comes back for um the other seventies Christie. And I don't know if it's because people liked Peter Yusinov more or if Albert Finney still was not available. I'm not sure. I read that Albert Finney did not want to do Poirot again because he ah. found, he didn't like the makeup that they that they made him wear. <laughs> he didn't like the Hitler uh, hair. Yeah, he was apparent like it it uh. It is said on the IMDb trivia, who knows how true this is, that he said no to this movie because he didn't want to be put in that makeup again. Wow. He was extremely mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And then when he found what? out that they were actually shooting in Egypt, he was like, hell no. Oh, wow. Because apparently the sets for the Mori- Orient Express were stiflingly hot and he was covered oh, in all this wow. shit. So, huh. <laughs> that's like traumatic experience. Yeah, so he's just like, hell, I'm not, I'm you not know, down. We, and we we may end up circling back around and through some other link to Evil Under the Sun. But Joe, I don't know if you're familiar with it. So Evil Under the Sun is, again, Peter Yusnava's Circle Poirot, and it's another Hollywood Christie. Hmm. And it comes out in 1980, 1982, 1981, 1982. But it has um, many of the same actors. Oh, that's fun. So um, I was wondering about Jane Birkin's in it, Maggie Smith's in it, Peter Usnoff's in it. <sighs> that's which awesome. Is really fun. The original Murder on the Orient Express, are, is, are there any of these actors in that? Oh, I meant to look that. Uh, well, that was before Death on the Nile, right? Yes. That's the yeah. So that was 1974. Okay. Oh, I also want to watch that now. 
It's so great. Yeah. It's so great. I haven't seen either of the new ones. I mean, we just watched that Glass Onion, which is basically this. All right, I'll distract for you. No, none of the same people are in are in Murder on the Orange Express. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but it makes it fun that they bring back a couple folks. Oh, that's cool. Um, for uh, Evil Under the Sun. Oh, I love that. Uh, the Glass Onion. Glass like, Onion, the new Ryan, Ryan Johnson, the Knives Out sequel. Which is just, there's another, there's an Agatha Christie that takes place on an island, right? Um, Isn't yeah. there a story where it's like a bunch Wait, of millionaires? Ten little Indians. Is that what it's called? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, I don't think it's called that. No, no, no. I mean, I've, I'm asking Ellen if Ten Little Indians takes place on an island. I guess I'm thinking of. Well, I'm thinking of and and then there were none. I guess that's not an island. Uh, I thought I read. So about, Glass like, Onion. Glass Onion is great. I. Uh, Joe and I are are famously not fans of uh, Knives Out, Ugh. Uh, but oh, I've I thought, never seen it. I thought Glass Onion I delivered on all of the the promises of Knives Out. I did not like Knives Out. I Glass Onion is more enjoyable, but still, <laughs> watching Death on the Nile at the same time that is it's just this like watered down imitation of this. Well, I think it's just like a modern. And like overly um, produced. Up, up I don't know. I don't. There's something about okay. it. It's do like you, way too you, much money. Do you want to talk about Ten Little Indians? Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you so sad, Joe. Why? <laughs> what is it? I'm like, I'm just like, oh, I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, I don't um, know what this is at all. I don't know about Glass Onion, but Ten Little Indians is a classic, like, remote island plot. Oh. But um. The original title is not Ten Little Indians. Oh, that's the original title. Oh, oh shit. Well, we're just going to leave that there. We're just going to leave. Oh, my God. Damn. Sorry. Agatha. She's just Agatha. trying to get away Damn from it. it. I'm all. And then there were none is very, very good. That's Ugh. horrible. Ugh. It's And then there were none was originally published in the UK as that horrible title. Ten Little Indians. That's one of the books I tried to read. Uh <laughs> But it was my copy was a trade paperback titled Ten Little Indians um, uh, from God. the Tacoma Public Library huh. <laughs> uh, uh, next door to the Chalet Bowl. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I love that library. I wonder if it's still there. Anyway, guys, we have to pick a new link. Wait, before we what? do, <laughs> just another, uh, another since rewrite. we followed our, no, not another rewrite. This was written perfectly. Uh, uh, Angela Lansbury is at the bar and they're accusing her of mm-hmm. murdering them. And she says, some, I can't remember exactly the quote, but she says something like, my world is a world of passion and love, not murders. <laughs> Which I just love that. Her world is not murders. It's passion and love. Yeah. And now it's killings, murders. killings, all the time killings. <laughs> all the time killings. Okay. Okay. Link time? Yes. It's time for some hot, hot links? Yeah. <laughs> Ellen, what you got? Oh, I get to start? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you can see this coming. I'm sure you can guess what I'm going to say. No. Um, Eric. Eric, I'm, I'm, sure I'm not eligible I'm to be a link. <laughs> yeah. We're linking to Eric. Um, of course, I pick Mia Farrow, and the project I pick is Rosemary's Baby. Oh, okay. Because I did not pick Gaslight for Angela Lansbury, and that destroys my soul. So I'm just going to... 
go real obvious and real straightforward. I mean, do Mia Farrow and Rosemary's Baby, which is uh, my one of my, if not my most favorite movie of all time. Yeah, yeah. That's what year did that one come out? Sixty nine, sixty eight, sixty eight. Wow. Okay. Um, I. Did not choose. <laughs> I did not choose that. Although it was mm-hmm. the first thing I wrote down. <laughs> it's very yeah. I mean, it's the obvious choice. And then there was, of course, uh, Manimal, <laughs> which yeah. I did not choose. Oh, I chose Olivia Hussey. <laughs> oh, 1974's Black Christmas. Oh my god! Which is well one done. of my favorite. Well yeah. One of my favorite Canadian Ooh. horror films ever okay and it's christmas so mm-hmm. listeners we are recording this a couple of days before christmas you will be getting this on new year's <laughs> um but black christmas is excellent and i i recommend it whether we do it or not black Joe. christmas <laughs> okay he gave you his heart <laughs> my first i have two I'm my first and i don't know i'm equally divided on both of these i can't decide simon mac Corkendale. Yes. Manimal. Mm-hmm. Manimal. Night of the mm-hmm. Scorpion. That was the one I picked yes. too. Yes, because it sounds mm. it's a now it's a it's season a locked one, mystery. <laughs> season one, episode three. Mm-hmm. And it's a man found dead on a ship with a venomous spider next to him. So it sounds like a mystery. <laughs> it sounds right right up our alley. And then this one, <laughs> since Maggie Smith was so incredible in Death on the Nile, but this one I'm sure you've both probably seen a thousand times. Murder by Death. Oh, Murder by Death is oh, good. Oh, wow. Murder by Death is It great. looks incredible. It's really good. And it's Truman so Capote's good. in it. Yeah. That's hilarious. seemed perfect for us. I, I'm all of these are so good. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. God damn. Yeah, we need to figure out a... Uh... So finally, there's something I have seen, Rosemary's Baby, which I've seen like five times now, yeah. which is... Oh, incredible. you you have a few more times to see it. Yeah, I definitely would. I definitely definitely would watch that again for sure. Uh, what was yours? Tell me. Black Christmas, nineteen seventy four is Black Christmas, which has been remade twice since then, and I'm specifically talking about the original. <laughs> I'm uh-huh. just like, who oh, Murdered by Death is so good, but I also feel like it's sort of there's a similarity there's between a... yeah yeah. So I would be inclined to go. If we're if we're going around and trying to pick, I would go with Black Christmas just because tis the season. Yeah, it is. What I mean, and it's I like think Christmas I feel I'm week. sure we'll get to to uh, Murder by Death. But will we get back to Manimal? That's my That's, worry. I, I'm honestly like <laughs> because night that sounds. It's like he shapeshifts into animals. <laughs> is that? The oh yeah. S- the Have you never seen Manimal? No, I've never even. I've never seen Manimal. Oh. I don't know. Is it is it available? It's on Daily Motion. It's on our best friend Daily Motion. Daily Motion. That it's just like the obscurity of it is exciting. I don't know, but I don't know anything. <laughs> Black Christmas was the one that we saw the remake of, right? Yes. Okay. So I've never seen the original, which is one of your favorites. It it is. So I'm definitely down to do that. And if Ellen's leaning towards that, this is so hard because I really, I feel like Manimal would be really fun too. Uh but I love the wait, obscurity of it. I'm gonna cheat a tiny little bit, and I'm gonna look up that episode of Manimal and see if we even have a shot at a lake. Oh, part of a couple. That's there's a part couple of what people. I'm excited about is to get us into a trap like that where we just have to follow somebody into something that we don't know and have never heard of. 
part of that I like, but I, I do like that too. Well, I definitely, get definitely there. like that. But I'm, but I'm also like <laughs> this early on. <laughs> I know, I know. Like I know Black, Black Christmas, Christmas. Black Christmas has quite like it has five uh, possible links. Oh, okay. Like five possible really good ones. I like that. What do you so? Oh man, but Manimal. <laughs> so your vote's Black Christmas, Ellen. Um. I defer to the two of you as you both picked Manimal. I know we both thought about. Um, I am the only one who has ever apparently seen an episode of Manimal, <laughs> which I you... saw when it was actually on the air. How excited um, are you to watch another episode, having seen an episode? <laughs> I mean, you know, like I'm not against Manimal. I think that uh, they took so much shit just for that idea. Yeah, but. <laughs> Is it a, it's really pretty interesting. You it's know? like anamorphs, right? Where he can yeah. morph into animals. That's so wild. I'm I'm kind of up for either. I don't know. Oh my god. What do we do if we can't decide? I can't. We have to cut the baby in half. I don't know what to do. Should we Should we call Corey Brewer? <laughs> yeah. Um, just can text Corey him. Brewer be the tiebreaker. Yeah. yeah. Text him. I'm just gonna, don't right. even tell him anything and say manimal or Black Christmas. He knows what he'll know. I I feel we should we should sanction him to be the tiebreaker. Yeah, the ref. He's he. I've got the bubbles. He's he's typing. Okay. He's giving he's, us. He's fucking doing what we're doing. Yeah. You're... No, just tell him he must choose. <laughs> You're no help. <laughs> you must choose. Don't you told him he's the tiebreaker. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. We watched the original recipe Black Christmas last night, and it's perfect. But it's a slow burn. Manimal if you want little bites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't know what we want. <laughs> I'm going to I'm telling him it's for the pod. I don't think that that may not have been clear. <laughs> <laughs> You're just giving him like he's just like freaking out right now. I'm all capsing him the entire time. It's really aggressive. <laughs> well, it's pretty fucking serious, okay? <laughs> it is really serious. Oh, Black Christmas all the way. Okay. Okay, great. All right. Black Christmas. Here we go. All right, so cool. we will be watching and discussing 1974's Black Christmas, which, if you are looking to watch it, it is on Canopy. Weird. It is on Shudder. Oh, it is? It is on, um, it's on a few things. Manimal it's, is on none of these things. Manimal is, is uh, Google away. Thank you, um, friend of the pod, Corey Brewer, for yes, breaking Corey Brewer our tie. Broke our tie. Um, please don't watch either of the remakes. Uh, it's also on Freebie. There's so many places to watch. It's on Crackle. It's on Fandor. <laughs> it's on Peacock. Um, the remake was horrible. Though, no, I like the remake. Oh, but just it's on Tubi. It's on Screenbox. It's on all the things. What year is this? Black Christmas, 1974. It's an hour and 38 minutes. Okay. It's a fantastic film. We can do that. And Perfect. I am so excited to watch it with all of you. And I. Uh, and we're following. Olivia Hussey. Olivia Hussey. Okay. Who, who so far is in all will be in all three of the things that we have discussed. Right. And she who, is the chain. Oh, who was she in uh Death on the Nile? She was a uh Otterborn daughter. Okay. Just she's Rosalie Otterborn. She, the character I said I would cut out. Yes. <laughs> okay. And she's she's Kitty in the Murder She Wrote episode. Yes. She's oh. Rosalie Otterborn. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and she's Angela yes. Lantry's daughter in Death on the Nile. Okay. Interesting. Pretty great little chain going here i'm, yeah, I'm interested i'm uh there's mm -hmm. gonna be some there's some good ones in in black christmas i can't wait to see what you guys pick cool
Looking forward. I'm excited yes. to see it. All right. For the first time ever, Virgin Voyager. Yay. Thank you all for listening. It's so, I'm so happy that you're back with us. I hope we're, I hope we're keeping you entertained. <laughs> hopefully we didn't spoil death on the Nile well, for you. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully you watched it and are, yeah. are going to be part of the conversation. If you want to let us know what you think of this movie or our choices, not our life choices, but our choices about the pod. <laughs> tell me um, about my life choices. You, too, I don't want to hear anyone telling me about my life choices. <laughs> Uh, you can write to us. I don't think us. anyone out there knows my life choices. <laughs> Should I pull the trigger next time Eric takes a nap? <laughs> write to us at itwasmurderpod at gmail.com or you can <laughs> follow us on Instagram at itwasmurderpod. You can also write to us there. I check all that stuff and I'm I'm trying to be engaged. Uh, <laughs> there's also Twitter for as long as Twitter exists uh, at itwasmurderpod. And... Please rate and review us on the uh, podcast app that you are listening to us on. Uh, it's very helpful. It will help us get more listeners and hopefully more people to tell us that we're doing things great <laughs> and that we're <laughs> and uh, suggest places for us to go on these little journeys. We must never break the chain. Never break the chain. I'm I'm uh, <laughs> trying to. I don't know how legal it is, but I'm trying to put a different chain song at the end of every <laughs> mm. of every episode. I'll see how long I can. Get you there's the first so one. many chain. There songs. are so many chain songs. Ooh, so, I love it. Uh, chain gang. Yeah, first one was uh, last week's was back on the chain gang by yeah. Pretenders. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one because I said it, it's gonna be. <laughs> because Joe said it, it's going to be Fleetwood Mac. That might be my new the new sign off. Uh, that we must never break the chain. We must never break the chain. <laughs> we, you can say that, but I'm still going to say good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway. Well, I'm always going to say good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway.